Welcome to Be the Scandal, the sacred rebellion of being your most authentic self. I'm your host, Danny Hickman. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I invite you to take a moment to rate my podcast and click subscribe. This helps people learn about Be the Scandal and gives them the opportunity to join this journey of radical self love. Now let's jump into the episode. Today, I'm having a conversation with Caroline Tannis of Tannis Financial Group, and I'm really excited for us to dive deep into the topic of shame and money. So welcome, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited and also excited to be with you and to jump in on more Mm -hmm. of such an important conversation. I know it's going to, we're going to have some good topics to talk about, even just in the, Mm -hmm. in the shame and money category itself. Just even when you were giving me that welcome, I could feel the energy in my body. It was like zinging. I'm really excited. (laughs) I love it. I know there's so much to uncover and to dig in here. And it's work that I love to do with my clients and just anyone I meet. Cause I think it's something that is so important to our wealth journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit more about what you're doing in the world and what Tannis financial group is doing? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it definitely came out of a passion project for me. So I was at one of the large banks for five years and just got sick and tired of helping the richest of the rich continue to get richer. And I'm like, what about, you know, women specifically who need a place to go and need someone to trust? So I mainly work with highly ambitious women and typically their families, and we build them a financial plan to help them build their dream life. And it's all about dreaming and goals and not only them just, you know, wanting to dream bigger, but having a place to go for any questions. I start every meeting and I'm like, there are no dumb questions. And I know we've all heard that in school. And then you ask that dumb question and everyone starts laughing. And I'm like, people get so nervous asking me things. And I'm like, I would rather you ask me the silliest thing in the world that you might think and avoid you making any mistakes. And so I try to give women a place where they feel heard and they just feel comfortable, right? There's so few places that we have like that anymore. And so that's really my mission is to build a place for financial literacy and growing your wealth. And so that has been my mission ever since. I love that. I love that open space and a safe container to have those kinds of conversations. And I'll speak for myself. I haven't really had those spaces. And so I can see where a lot of women are really desiring that space to one dream about what it is that they desire financially, Mm -hmm. and then have that backup of like, okay, how do we create that plan? Absolutely. And I think that's what you said, just reminds me of why we need this so much in this world is because Mm. there are so few places for us to go. I mean, myself included when I, you know, I've obviously been learning about finances and studied it for years, but even when I first started Mm. out, it's like, you're looking around for mentors or people to learn from, and they are so few and far between. So it's a really tough place to start out in. And then that's why I want to have not only just a place where, yes, okay, I'm a financial advisor. You come to me, you build a plan, but having resources and community and even just finding other women Mm -hmm. who are kind of in the same spot as well. And it's like cheering each other on and supporting their wealth building journey as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There is such power and 
what do I want to say? Expansion that comes from women coming together and working toward a common goal. And that could be anything like in my world, right? You know, working toward being their most authentic self. And in your world, it's like building wealth. Like, wow. I mean, there's so much magic there. Yeah. And I think it's such an aligned thing as well of, you know, building wealth as your authentic self, not by doing all these things that everyone else tells you to do and being on this road. It's like, when I sit down with my clients, they start telling me about, I'm always talking about what are your goals? What are your dreams? What are your desires, right? You can make money for days on end, but it means nothing if it's not getting you to where you want to be and who you want to be, right? I can have a million dollars in the bank, but if I'm doing something that doesn't fulfill me and I'm not working towards something that fulfills me or building my dreams, it's useless, right? Money is just this other tool that we have. And I think that's why there's so much shame and negativity around it of like wanting more money. Money is just the tool that's getting you from point A to point B. But if you don't know what those things are, and if they're not aligned with who you are, it's useless. So whenever you're saying that, what I'm hearing is we have to be connected to ourselves first and Mm -hmm. give space for our authentic self to come forward and communicate to us what it is that we desire and then move toward that using money as that tool. Absolutely. I think that's the perfect way to describe it too, is that connectivity. Like you need to be connected Mm. with yourself. And that's also why I say I work with people and their families too, because if you have a couple or spouses, it's, you know, you're in the journey together, right? What do you individually Mm -hmm. want? And then what do you want as a couple and for your family and for potentially next generations? And it's like, you have to start with yourself and then start kind of building that tree outward of now your spouse, now your kids, now your parents, things Mm -hmm. like that. But if you don't start Mm -hmm. with you, everything that you're building, almost like building blocks, if you're building things on sand, it's not going to work. Yeah. This is reminding me of a conversation. I kind of alluded to this before we hit record, but a conversation I had with my business mentor yesterday. And she was asking me questions like, what is your perfect day? And essentially like, what does that look like? Like, what are you doing? How are you making money? And then she asks a different question of like monthly, like what financially feels good, what feels best. And then what feels like, okay, I can survive on this. And there were parts of me that didn't want to answer that question and didn't want to answer it honestly. And for me, I mean, I can really see the connection between like, okay, this is me really anchoring into my worth and calling in what I desire and unapologetically desiring wealth and desiring these things. And so I just wanted to name that in case some of our listeners feel that way. But that was something that came up even yesterday in a conversation I had. Yeah. And I kind of want to go back to what you said in the beginning of that, which was that you felt uncomfortable saying it with yourself, like just being honest with yourself. Like we know we all have these, like, and I will be honest, I am guilty of it too. Like I have goals for my business and for my own personal wealth. And it's like, you're kind of looking around, you can feel that cognitive dissonance would be the right word, but that like friction inside your body of like, oh my gosh, like this is what I really want. And it feels so crazy to say it out loud and to finally admit it. And it's almost some of that, like back to what we said, we were going to talk about of shame and judgment. And it's one thing to admit it to yourself. It's another to say it out loud to another person. And you're like, holy crap, (laughs) this is, this is what I really want. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's one way that we actually release shame is to a safe person 
naming that thing that we are ashamed of. And so for me yesterday, being able to say, okay, it's this amount per month. And I did have that part that was like, oh my gosh, what will your family think? They'll probably think Mm -hmm. you're selfish. And I had all these old narratives coming in that I was able to navigate because I've done work with those parts. But it is really interesting that we do sometimes make these decisions based on this judgment that maybe is real or maybe just perceived judgment. It's not even actually real. And then we feel shame about these desires that we have. Absolutely. And I think, and family is such a big one, right? People will come to me and I will ask them, I'm like, what is it you want? And it's, you can tell, at least I personally can, when I sit down with somebody and they kind of start to open up and they share and you can feel that moment and that shift when they finally share with you what you, what they really want. I had one client and she was like, I want to spend $15,000 a year as my budget for traveling. She goes, if I told my family that they would lose it to, to hear that she had spent that much money. But her whole thing was that this is what was important to her was to travel while she was young. And if it meant she had to retire later, okay, that was a conversation that we were going to work through me as her advisor but she had so much like shame around that number and the thought of it. She said, well, what if people, you know, what are they going to say when I'm spending that much money traveling? I said, that's none of their business. Yeah. What comes up for me when I hear that is that inner child piece, that part of us that doesn't fully feel confident or know how to hold the truth of our desire and then the reactions of others to that desire. Right. And then you have the issue of unpacking that. So people just think they're going to jump Mm. into building wealth and to, they're like, I'm going to make a ton of money. I'm going to start doing these things and it's all just going to happen. I'm like, if you don't take a step back and uncover what's going on underneath you, we're going back to that whole, you know, analogy of building on a sand foundation. It's just going to fall apart Mm. and everything is just going to repeat itself. What do you feel like, and you might've already named a few of these, but like, what do you feel like are those biggest obstacles that women are bumping up against when they're coming to see you? I work with a lot of women who are coming from male dominated industries or also who are just in highly, they're in very intense corporate jobs, right? And that's always been like the man's world, if you want to call it, even if it's a predominantly female company. And there's always that hard balance they have of people shaming them for making more money, whether it's their family or, you know, their work, you know, you name it, there's somebody in there that is shaming them and is saying, why are you doing this? I get a lot of people who are, you know, stuck in that. I have a couple kids, but I, I want to continue to work. I love what I do. I still love my kids. And then there's so much shame that people put on them and it's saying like, you're greedy because you want to work or you just care more about the money. And it's like, no, they want to work because this is what they love to do. And it's, it's crazy too, because so many comments I hear from women about where they struggle with money are things that no one would ever say to a man. Mm, That's a powerful statement. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing to unpack with people is why not only does this person think they have a right to say this to me, but do they, they would never say this to a man, right? No one sits there and says, why isn't the man, you know, why isn't he giving up his job instead of staying home? And, you know, there's, we've seen a lot of this change over the years and it's slowly starting to shift, but it's still predominantly, 
you know, mom has to stay home. And I also see, I work with a lot of women who need to get time back in their day. So I'm like, you hand me the financials, you go out, you take care of the family and working and, you know, working with your marriage. It's like, they are still responsible. They might be working, but the kid's school calls them. If there's something wrong, they make the doctor's appointments. They are the one finding the babysitter or the nanny. And it's like, everything is falling on the woman. And it's like, how do we change not only that narrative, but also society telling us that it has to all fall onto us as a woman. Yeah. And what's coming up for me, just as you say that it's like, I'm trying to like go deeper in that need. And I'm thinking, oh, it's that need for, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but what I'm thinking is that need for freedom, that time Mm -hmm. freedom or the freedom to choose and desire and live life that feels most in alignment. And that's just really interesting when we boil it down. Like we have these needs that we're trying to get met through attaining wealth, you know, and through these decisions that we're making career wise. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, how do we stop? Also, one of the biggest things I hear from women is like, how do I stop trading my time for money? Oh, that was my big, I'm just having a big reaction to that. That was like my biggest shifting where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I love the work Mm -hmm. I do. And I'm so depleted because this time for money exchange isn't working for me because I'm not exhausting myself. Yeah, exactly. And then you find you're like, okay, I need to do these 15 things to like save some money, but you're then giving up, you know, five or 10 hours with your kids. And it's like, I I help a lot of families and women, especially find the balance, especially too, if they're a single mom, I've worked with a lot of single moms who they sit there and they're like, I have to squeeze every single thing in while the kids are with their dad, because if not, it's not getting done. And I'm like, well, are you squeezing in time for yourself? Like, how do we add into, you know, I'm all about, you know, finding your budget, but also building in fun money. Like, Hey, let's build in some money for maybe you want to get a manicure. Maybe you want to go take a workout class, like whatever it is that for you is that thing. If you run yourself into the ground, you're useless. And that's not, you're not saving any money by doing that. And by brushing around and trying to get all these done things done to save time and money. And it's like, there has to be the balance. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it sounds like that you really help people see the truth of what is in their circumstance, in their current experience, and be able to make decisions from those truths of, okay, I don't have enough time for myself, you know, or that scarcity mindset with time and money and trying Mm -hmm. to shift that into a place that's more expansive and more aligned with them. Absolutely. And I think you had touched on this before too, when we talked about time and money, it's like, how do you buy more time? And by that, I don't mean you can't physically buy time in your life, but it's also how can I outsource this thing? You know, can I have Instacart deliver the groceries? And maybe that means, you know, it might cost a little more, but are you then able to spend three or four hours with the kids at the park on a Sunday rather than having to run to the food store, unpack the food, do all these things. And then, you know, it gets delivered to your house and you get three to four hours with your kids. I mean, that's probably an extreme, but I live in a city, so it does take that long to go drive. (laughs) (laughs) to a food store (laughs) park and all that other stuff, you know, and then that way, when you go about your week, you sat there and you're like, wow, I had the best Sunday with my kids. So when you're sitting in your office Mm. or you're in a meeting, you're sitting there knowing my kids know I love them. I spent such good quality time with them that when you're at work and in an Mm. office, you can let go. I know mom guilt never goes away, but Mm -hmm. you can let go a portion of that and say, okay, I, this was a worthwhile investment into our family. Mm. 
I'm thinking of like not regretting your choices, like be making those embodied choices. I'm going to shift things over here and then I'm going to be able to sit in how I feel after I make those choices. And it feels good whenever we make those embodied choices of what's important to me. I'm going to make this choice and I'm going to sit with, I'm going to say consequences of it in the sense of like, these are positive consequences. Yeah. And I think consequences too is such a negative word to it, but it goes back to what you're saying with alignment, right? If you're aligned in your family and in your work. And it's, I like to talk about like investing into yourself. There's all about investing in markets and portfolios and everything under the sun. And everyone wants to talk about crypto and real estate. And I'm like, Hey, let's also talk about the category of investing in to yourself and your family, which is something that I think people forget is part of the process of building wealth. What I like that you invite people into that exploration of how can I invest in myself? Maybe that is in therapy or in coaching, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's in a business coach or something to expand you on that level. And I think a lot of people aren't this has been my experience. I'm curious your thoughts on it. I think a lot of people aren't investing in themselves in that way because it's a worthiness issue in the sense Mm -hmm. of I'm worthy and deserving of this investment. So I'm curious, do you find that too? I think that is a great way to phrase it as well. And talking about not even necessarily worthiness, but also people think they're like, I can't spend money on myself. I have to save it for the kids or I have to do, you know, save it for their college, whatever it might be. And it's like, if you're not your best self, how are you going to go around and serve others? Right. I was talking to a client the other day and they were debating not doing some construction. And I'm like, well, you're going to end up getting so distracted by trying to do it yourself. And you're worried about work and things like that. I'm like, you're better off being solely focused on work where your genius is and invest in contractors to come do this. I just want to take a deep breath when you say like, what is your genius? You know, for me, it gives me permission to be like, yeah, I'm going to do those things and invest my time in those things I'm really good at. (laughs) And then invite (laughs) other people into my space to live in their genius. And for me, I feel like there's a lot of movement. I feel the energy in my body. There's that movement in the wealth, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, I'm making more money because I'm in my genius. I'm paying those people to be in their genius and it's moving. Yeah, hundred percent. And then it's, I love the idea too of genius and then also how that connects to you and digging into your genius. And it's like, you can feel it in your body. Like, you know, when what you are doing feels right. Like when you and I hopped on this recording today, we were like, this is like going to be great. This is where we are. And it's like, you can feel it click and things in your body. And then we know too, when we are not in our zone of genius or not in alignment. And it's like, you're sitting doing an activity or in a meeting or with somebody and you just feel that like hit in your stomach or you're just like itching to get out of there. And it's like, you know, when something is off with you. I'm curious when you're talking about this, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, Oh, I love that you're doing this embodiment work (laughs) in your work with clients. And so I'm just curious, like, what does that look like if someone is like curious into this? I'm like, okay, how do I tune into my body? And how does that fit in with my decisions when it comes to my finances? Like, is there any guidance? I know this is a big question, but is there any guidance that maybe you would have for someone as a place to start? 
Yeah. It's funny too. The simplest way, start saying no. Start saying no to things that aren't aligned with you. And I actually did a whole blog post about this a couple weeks ago because I was listening to a friend of mine who had, you know, not a client, just a personal friend. And she had gotten talked into doing something that was going to cost her thousands of dollars. And I was like, why didn't you just say no? Like she was dreading doing it. It was like, it was a total, you know, fun money kind of thing. And she was like, I just don't want to go. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, so say no. If it doesn't align with you and what you want and your financial goals, I give you permission. We talked about permission and people are like, I need permission from somebody. I'm giving you permission to say no. And it's like, we, we get so flustered and I've done it too, or like, I'll go to do something or I'll go on a trip and I'm like, wow, I should have just said no. You know, I missed time at home that I could have been using just to wind down or relax. And then you look at your finances and you're like, why did I do this thing? And it's like, you're then beating yourself up about it and you get into this pattern and just rolling with it. And it's like you, and once again, back to alignment, you can feel that you weren't supposed to be there. You weren't supposed to be doing these things. And it's like, just say no. And I think that there's also a respect in, and you know, we can talk about boundaries with money as well, is that when you say no and just clearly say it, people will learn to respect the boundary. And they will also learn, like they will learn from you that this person is not just a yes person. I can't just walk all over them. They're not my bank account, things like that. I mean, I've seen some crazy ways that people have spent money and then they just regret it. I've actually had a lot of conversations with people. Like I'm thinking of some recent ones where their family's going on a trip. They don't want to go. They are literally telling Mm -hmm. me, Danny, I don't want to go. And I'm saying, well, then why are we going? And like you're (laughs) saying that embodiment piece, their body is like giving all these signals of it's a no. And a lot of it does also have to do with money too, because they're purchasing things on the trip. They're splitting things. And it's like, those are not embodied choices, which means we're going to have that regret. We're going to have that judgment, Mm -hmm. that internal judgment. We're going to have all of these symptoms by, I'm going to call it this, by making these codependent financial decisions. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a good way to put it too. And it's like, and it's also, I would say like societal pressures, right? Like how could you say no to going on your family vacation? And it's like, I laugh because you know, I've, I've seen it with my own family. They're like, Oh, we're going to go do this thing. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. And then you feel like you're a bad person because you're saying no to family time. But sometimes it's also for your mental health (laughs) that you don't have to say yes to going. So I'm curious, like when you're, when people you've worked with, when they come back from these trips, do they still regret it or are they sitting? And it's probably a mixed bag, but for those maybe that regret it, I'm curious kind of the conversations you've had around that. I'm going to overgeneralize because, you know, everyone's individual experience is different, but I would say more often than not, we're having a conversation of, okay, what have we learned about your body signals and how communicative it is for you? Because we got confirmation that that trip wasn't expansive for you. It's kind of that conversation of, okay, well, we knew this was coming. You'd made a disembodied choice and now we're processing what that means for you. And sometimes when I think bigger picture, I think sometimes we need I'm going to say need with quotes, like we need those decisions. And I think of like other financial decisions I've made that maybe weren't fully embodied, but I've learned from them. You know, I've learned, Mm -hmm. okay, when my body's doing this, maybe I need to like take a moment and sit with the decision. Or maybe I need, like you said, to explore my no and my resistance to saying no. Like, I think there's an opportunity for growth in these moments because I'm not 
as someone's like coach or therapist, I'm not going to sit there and shame them and be like, yeah, well, we knew it, you know? And like, what does that what say you about, thinking? you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, I'm not going to judge. I'm going to say, okay, how can we pull some purpose from this experience? And sometimes that mm. purpose looks like, okay, why did your inner child feel like she couldn't say no to that family trip or she Ooh. couldn't say no to that program because there's so much power in that because then we're actually going deeper and supporting ourselves in that more subconscious realm so that we are making more conscious embodied decisions. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing is, you know, you're not always going to either be able to say no or be in a place where you're ready to say no. And so I think in those moments, it also goes into like the preparedness of it. Like, can you set kind of expectations. I'm curious if you guys ever have conversations. It's like, Hey, you might not be able to skip Christmas this year. Right. And it's like, there's some things where it's like, you just don't get out of them. Right. And you're like, well, how do you prepare if it's both financially and emotionally? Right. Like if I say, Hey, I'm going to go to this event, but I am not going like, here's my budget for it. And it's like, Mm-hmm. How do you prepare for that too? I think from the emotional side, I'm curious mm-hmm. on your end. Yeah. I What's coming up is that recent trip I went on to Hawaii with my friends mm-hmm. and because I know we chatted before and you're like, I know I'm so jealous. I'm I'm going, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) take me with you next time. (laughs) Um, it's so interesting because, you know, my part of the story is like, my friends were going, I want to go. And traditionally I have a history of making (laughs) quick financial decisions that maybe weren't fully embodied to go on trips. And so I really was like, you know, I'm not going to make those same decisions. And so I waited until intuitively I got a yes. And it was a last minute that I booked my ticket. So that's one thing that I would invite people to do is like, like you're saying, get to know your body, get to know that intuitive wisdom, connect with those desires and make an embodied choice. So that was one layer. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing my friends and I did was when we got there, we talked about our boundaries, our fears, our desires, and our boundaries. And some of that Mm -hmm. was like a money fear of like, okay, I'm afraid that we're going to go out to eat and I don't have as much money as you all. And I'm not going to want to split the check if we all, you know, order different things. Oh, that's a good one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just an example that's not necessarily something that came up in that trip, but that's something that's come up before for me in trips. Like I felt really anxious because I'm going with people that are in a different financial space. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to order what I can afford. And I hope we don't all just split it down the middle because I can't pay for that. But really learning for, I think for ourselves, like what are our fears, desires, and boundaries when it comes to money? And how do I communicate that? And how do I feel safe doing that? And so for me, sometimes, or people I work with, it looks like, hey, let's talk to your inner child. Let's talk about these things. What are they afraid of? And what do they need to feel safe in the conversation? And I love this exercise. Sometimes it's setting a boundary with your inner child and inviting your inner child to not be there for the conversation. Because if you think about it, you and I, let's say I'm working with you, we're having a conversation about money. My eight-year-old self does not need to be in the room. She does not need to talk to you about how we're going to spend our money, you know, or what that looks like. And so I love inviting my inner child 
to go somewhere she feels safe and just letting her know I'm going to go have an adult conversation. I'll come back with you Mm. or I'll come back to you. And I reconnect with her after the conversation. I use that all the time, even outside of money, just like hard conversations I need to have maybe with a partner or a parent or a client or a colleague, whatever feels like hard that I wouldn't want a child to be present for. Yeah. And I also think that And this kind of goes back to shame, right? It's been so shameful for us to talk about money, but that's when people Mm. get hurt and get upset is because we won't communicate or we don't talk about it. And then you kind of get to a situation and people are like, all right, pay up. And you're like, whoa, whoa, I didn't agree to this or I didn't talk about this. And so, and this is something I've worked too personally in my own life is if something is not, you know, I have certain financial goals I'm working on and it doesn't mean... I don't have the funds to do what you want me to do. I just don't want to spend my funds on what it is you want me to do. And so that's, I think, been a very, and I'm speaking from personal experience 100% on this, is that it's something I practice myself of if I'm going to be more upset with myself if I go spend the money on something I didn't want to, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to say, oh my gosh, I'm short for this goal that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if I hadn't gone, I would have it. And it's like, I'm all for like the memories and having experiences and things like that. But it's also the balance between those things and also mm-hmm. my goals. You know, I don't need to be on mm-hmm. every single trip or every single event. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm okay. And it's conversation people need to have with themselves is like, be okay with what you're going to say no to. Mm-hmm. And then also yeah. the non-negotiables. I'm interrupting this episode to intentionally invite you to connect with me in real time. There are quite a few ways we can connect through the Sacred Rebel Collective. I want to share about two offerings I'm really excited about. If you're wanting to work with me one-on-one, I've opened up my schedule for new holistic coaching clients. And the second offering is a retreat hosted by the Sacred Rebel Collective this fall in Joshua Tree, California. Retreats are an invitation to unplug and dive deep into your own inner landscape. It's a sacred container that allows for exponential healing and expansion in a relatively short period of time. If you're feeling like you're standing at a threshold in your life's journey and you're ready to step into becoming the next version of yourself, we invite you to join us. You can learn more about both of these offerings at www.thesacredrebelcollective.com. Now back to the episode. Say more about the non-negotiables. What do you mean by that? So for me, when I go, I'm like, here are my one friend and I, he sit down for every trip and we say, here are the three things that I want to do, like one, two, and three. Uh, this trip will be successful to me if these three things happen. Mm. And then he also says mm-hmm. his three things. And I'm like, okay, perfect. Let's sit down and we're going to make sure everyone, because we're spending money on a trip, we want it to be worthwhile for two different travel types, styles, whatever you want to call it. And then mm-hmm. we kind of sit there in the middle and we're like, I've gotten very realistic and we've had a great relationship and conversation with money. And I say, here's my budget for things. Here's what I'm coming with. And like, we will check in with each other on the trip and talk about like, you can do this. I'll come with you, but it's not in my budget. And I think that people who are Mm -hmm. your true friends will respect that. Mm -hmm. And so for Mm non-negotiables, it's like, these are my boundaries. And I think boundaries has gotten such a negative connotation, but these are my limits. Right. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and I think when you're open with people about them, the right people will a respect it and B support you. Right. It's like, Hey, here's Mm -hmm. my budget of Mm -hmm. what I'm bringing with on this trip or for this event. And it's like, I'm saving for something bigger or working on something bigger, or even, you know, we were talking about this before is that 
we we're seeing some kind of changes in the economy. And so for some people, it's going to be rougher. And I think we're going to see a big shift in people saying it's just not in the budget right now. And so I think we need to Mm -hmm. learn how to be more respectful of it and say, okay, is there anything I can do? Mm-hmm. You know, people don't always want money, but it's like, is there something we could do differently that you would be able to come mm-hmm. to or things like that? And so it's all communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking that because I was zooming out while you were talking and thinking about shame and money. And so I'm curious how this mm-hmm. lands for you, but it's like, okay, in my own experience, when I've worked through shame and money, I'm having to have hard conversations with myself about the truth of what is. We're being present and we're yes. shining the light on those very shadowy, dark places that shame tells me not to shine the light. So I'm having those conversations with myself and I'm inviting other people that are safe and I think appropriate to have these conversations with Mm -hmm. into the conversation with saying, Hey, yeah, I can go do this thing. This is my budget or like, yeah, I'm saving money for this. So right now it's not in my budget. And I'm thinking of like experiences where someone then can make a decision about what it means for them based on my money boundary of like, oh, okay, Danny wants to come. Like, let's say my partner, for example, okay, Danny's saving for this. I want to go on this trip to Costa Rica and she's saying no, but if I want her to come, I'm going to extend an offering to her based on her boundary, Mm -hmm. or I'm not going to extend the offering. You know, I think it gives people an opportunity to make their own decisions and know where I stand. And this goes with what you're saying too, of like, if I'm saying no, people learn to trust my no, and then they're really going to trust my yes. That if I'm saying yes, Yes. I'm going to spend money toward this. I'm going to invest in this. They know it's a full body. Yes. And I think that for me, that feels really safe when I can trust people's yeses and people's no's. Mm -hmm. And I want to offer them that same thing. I, can I put that like in a jar and like bottle it up and take it with me? Yes. That is like (laughs) nail on the head. Um, every analogy I could think of. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I I hate people who are like, maybe, but I'm like, a either tell me what's going on. So maybe I can try and help you or, you know, offer a different solution. And it's right. Like when you say no, okay, they mean no. When you say yes, I'm like, perfect. Mm-hmm. They are going to be here. Can't wait. They'll probably be 15 minutes early. A-okay. And like, that's what it is. And so, yeah, I think that's, it's the wishy-washiness too, that so many of us are like, don't hurt their feelings. And I'm like, you're not hurting my feelings. I'm more frustrated and exhausted from like, oh, I don't know if this person's going to come, or I don't know if they can do, just tell mm-hmm. me. And it's mm-hmm. like, I think we need to change the narrative and it's kind of back to the whole shame thing. It's always been so shameful to talk about money and to say, no, this isn't in my wheelhouse right now. It's like, I always try and like give a second offer. I'm like, okay, would you like us to plan something? Like, I'd love to spend time with you. Would you like to just either come or would you like to like do something different? And it's like, people think it's like, oh, but then people are going to think I'm poor and then don't have the money. And I'm like, no, you're just working towards a different goal right now. Yeah. Well, in that line of people will think I'm poor, things like that, those thoughts have really kept me in this shame spiral, we'll call it. Yeah. I've spent a lot of my life in shame. And it's that narrative of like what we feel like it says about us. And this is a question mm-hmm. we kind of talked about this when we first connected that I love to ask is like using that example of like, okay, I don't want to tell people I don't have enough money. What I love to ask is what does that say about me as a person? If I don't have enough money, I am. And then allow just quickly your brain to fill in that blank. And you can ask a form of that same question 
multiple times to get down to the root of what's actually going on and what belief about yourself is actually making some financial decisions for yourself. And it might be a version of, I feel like it's all kind of um, a mixed bag of a version of like, I'm not good enough. I'm worthless. I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. I'm bad. You know, whenever we actually get down to it. So I love that question. Or what does it say about me if I tell my friends, I can't go on this Hawaii trip? you know, and just see what your subconscious serves you. Um, I love that question. I think it's also one too. And it's like, it's all about perception, right? And it's something that is not always, I think that comes from the outside. um, And it's not always something that we think of ourselves inside. You're worried about what the other people are going to think, right? And it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't mind saying no to people, but I'm like, oh, well, they're going to think this, but you have to remember and be grounded in your truth and who you are. I always say to people, I'm like, the only person that gets a say in your bank account is you. Maybe if you have like a spouse or a significant other that's on the account with you, it's a joint decision. But other than that, Mm -hmm. like, this is a you choice. And it's like, it's all once again, I mean, I hate to go back to like the communication about it, but be realistic about why you're feeling these things have, and also validating. I'm, I'm sure you do a lot of work with this room with people is like, are these things in your head or are they actual outside mm-hmm. things that have been said to you? Yeah. Cause sometimes like what I'm saying to people is of course you're thinking this, of course you're feeling this. Yes. And like doing, like you're saying that validation and a, what I like to say is like, we're giving that permission to exist. So mm-hmm. then we can work with it because a lot of times we're not allowing, you know, that experience to actually exist. We're trying to move away from it too quickly, but we first yeah. have to say like, yeah, of course. Like I think for myself, of course I have some money stuff. Of course I have this missionary mindset that I should be giving away all my services for free. That's how I grew up. And yep. when I work with it, it can be my superpower because Ooh. at the end of the day, I love all of the work I do. I would do it for free. And that's why I'm creating different tiers of service so that I have, we'll say like a VIP tier where I can support myself and feel nourished so that these other tiers can exist, like a free podcast, a free YouTube channel, a membership site that's really accessible at an accessible price point. And so that's just what comes up for me is like that validation of yes, of course. And how can I use this as a strength when it comes to building a business or building wealth? Yeah. And I think that's such an important concept is like, we also can't give all of ourselves away for free. And when we charge for things or we ask for the promotion or for the raise. There's so much shame that goes around that. And it's like, how could you want more money? How could you want to have to do this thing? And I remember when I launched Tannis Financial Group, my I had a couple of family members that came back and said, like, how could you like want to go out and do this thing on your own? And I'm like sitting here, I'm like, how could you not? And so it's just kind of a hard conversation to have with people. And it's like, it's once again, you have to go back to yourself and dig Mm -hmm. into who you are. And it's like, I always have this um, concept I talk about with people. And it's like, when you get to the end of your life, you are going to be not necessarily by yourself. You might be surrounded by those you love, but you have to live within your body and your mind and soul, right? So when I make Mm -hmm. choices, I have to know that at the end of the day, they're what I want and they're in alignment with who I am trying to be. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's a hard thing for people, you know, I'm not trying to tell people they're going to be alone or die alone, but it's, you know, you need to have that conversation with yourself of at the end of the day or at my end of my life, who is it that I want to be? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the core of the work that I do is like, how do we live our own authentic life and not live Mm -hmm. the life that's been curated by other people, the life that my mom thinks I should live or my dad or my mentors or whoever else, friends, partner, you know, it's how do I actually live that life that is most in alignment with me? Because at the end of the day, that's all I have. Yes. It is. And it's like, you know, people will come and go from your life and situations. And it's like, you, you need to remember that it's, it's you. So I'm glad that's something that you are like teaching and digging into as well. I think that's such an important topic that people not, don't always want to hear, but it's so necessary in order to have those building blocks. Hmm. Yeah. And you know, this is coming up for me right now is just thinking of like the authentic expression of me. Like for example, Mm. is like, I want to buy sustainable clothing. Like I'm looking at dresses and there's not one under $250. And initially like in this one clothing brand I love and years ago would be like, Oh my gosh, there's no way, you know, and all of this and like shaming about me purchasing this dress. And now I'm like, but wait, it's important to me and aligned with my values to purchase things that are Mm -hmm. of this quality and that are sustainable. And there's no need for shame in that. That actually helps me express myself more authentically by wearing this dress. And when I say that, I have a little part in the background that's like, you know, I don't know, but I feel grounded. I hope that energy comes through. Like I feel really rooted and grounded in what I'm saying. And, you know, having wealth is helping me live more in alignment by being able to purchase things, organic food. That's important to me. So I do want to make more money so I can put good fuel in my body, fuel that feels expansive yeah. for my body. Yeah. There's a oh, concept <laughs> um, in the psychology of money. And he talks about when you're investing in things that you care about and are passionate about, if it doesn't go as well, you're going you're not going to panic as much. This is more kind of related to like mm-hmm. the stock markets and things like that. But I can also, and you probably feel similarly about this, like I love to read huge book nerd. I have like a whole bookshelf <laughs> next to me on the side. And I'm like, I'd rather spend a hundred dollars on books than a hundred dollars on clothing or something like that. Just kind of an off handed mm-hmm. example. But it's like when you're putting your money in the places where you want to spend it and are aligned, you feel different about it. And so for you, that's purchasing organic food and sustainable clothing. And it's like, those are your passions and your missions. And not everyone is going to understand that. And it's partly being comfortable Mm -hmm. in knowing where that misalignment is or where your passions lie. Yeah. It's so interesting. I'm loving this conversation because there's such a beautiful connection between the psychology of it all and that work that you do. So I'm just wanting to name that here towards the end of our conversation. I'm just really loving the connection here. Oh, I appreciate it. I've had so much fun doing this. And I think that it's been uncovering for me too, of like kind of looking over the past couple months and digging into, you know, work I've been doing myself and also with clients and just the reminder always of how important it is to take a step back and do these things before you can continue um, or also while you are continuing your wealth journey. Mm, I'm curious. I want to ask this question. Let's say someone's listening and we have piqued their interest. They're like, oh my gosh, yes, I do have a lot of shame when it comes to money. Is there any insight that you would have as a starting point for them to start maybe getting more curious or a pathway to start moving toward? Yeah. And I think it's all about starting and finding the right community and talking to the right people. Mm -hmm. So you're already in the right spot by being here with Danny, shameless plug, 
being with myself um, and just <laughs> surrounding yourself with the people and the resources and digging into like, you will know when you are surrounding yourself with the right people, because you will feel it once again in your, in your mm-hmm. body and with the alignment that we've been talking about this entire time. And I know Danny, you shared that you have incredible resources at all different tiers and levels. And then I do something similar as well. And so making sure you are also actively reaching out to people and looking for resources. Sometimes they'll show up at your door like this if you're hopping onto the podcast and listening, but also continue to find the right pieces. And then my last kind of piece of advice in there is to give yourself grace on this journey. I think that so frequently we try and figure out, why isn't this happening faster? Or why haven't I mastered this? Why? Like you will stumble and fall. I still have times where I'm like, oh, I should have said no to this. I should have done this. And mm-hmm. it's it's a reminder that it is a, it's a journey. It's not a quick fix or things like that. It is going to go on for your entire life and to continue to ask for support and help and surround yourself with those right people. Mm-hmm. I'm already thinking like, I'm like, when can we have another conversation? <laughs> I just love this. <laughs> Anytime. I love it. I love unpacking oh. all this stuff and digging into it. So this has been so much fun. Oh, yes. I'm curious if someone is looking to connect with you or work with you, how and where can they find you? Yeah. So we are on Instagram at Tannis Finn Group, T-A-N-I-S-F-I-N-G-R-O-U-P. And that's also our website is TannisFinnGroup.com. And we actually are launching the Women's Wealth Playbook where we start to dig into things like different mantras that you can have for yourself and also ways. There's some starter conversation tips about how to have conversations with people in your life about money. So that is will be up and live very shortly. And so would love to connect with anybody if you listen to the podcast and just hear your thoughts. I love that offering. Yeah. I'm just sending a lot of big energy your way for that offering. It's much needed. Thank you for sharing it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Be The Scandal. If you like what you heard, don't forget to click subscribe so that you can join in on the sacred rebellion of being your most authentic self.